It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely on Topic. Can you believe that this is the 17th episode of this eighth season? We are a, bo- uh, we are a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. And I am, of course, VA. And I am here with the almost complete team uh, of uh, Tim. Hello, hello. And Jeff. Uh, rumors of my demise may have been somewhat exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> Nick told us he was just too busy, um, so he he cannot join us this week. And Mandy, I had enjoyed, uh, I had in, well, I had enjoyed her presence, and she's fun, and she was having fun when she lost power last week, and I invited her back, and then she had something she had to deal with after work. So unfortunately, we don't have her, but we might have her as a a fill-in for Nick, so that's kind of fun, um, but not this week. And I, I'm going to start off the show by telling you that I am on IR. Yes, it's true. I'm on IR. I'm not doing this to mine uh, for like sympathy or anything, but uh, I broke my ankle. Yeah, yep, good old LBI. Yep, yep, lower body injury. I probably shouldn't have said exactly what it was because now everybody's come come after. It and oh my God, Boomer just rubbed his like jowls all along my foot so that was fun not the foot that's broken uh, you know the other foot um because uh i'm wearing no socks these days so it's kind of fun um yeah so i i broke my uh ankle uh guess what i broke it on guys ice ice baby yeah yeah, if the if the parks crew had just left the crunchy snow as it was, I would have been fine. I was wearing my boots, and my boots did not do anything. Should have been wearing my um, what are those things? Uh, I don't know, yaks tracks or something. Micro spikes. Yeah. 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 Well, I find it hard to walk in them on regular surfaces, so I just I thought it wasn't a sheet of ice, and it it was a sheet of ice. So. Yeah, um, so that happened on Friday, and I'm okay, and we will figure this out, but I'm, uh, I'm on, well, I'm on IR until otherwise noted. I'm glad I went to see a bunch of Bruins games before this, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit sad that I won't be able to see the Columbus Blue Jackets at the end of this month, because... I was really hoping that I was going to see them again. Yeah. Well, all right. You know, what can you do? So guys, it's been, what happened there? Guys, it's been an exciting week. Very, very exciting. The Bruins (sighs) went four and O, including an overtime game last night, which I predicted the overtime. I just predicted the wrong result because those guys went four and O baby. I mean, like, and that's despite playing like, 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 just like the worst game, the worst, worst Bruins game in years last night, huh? You know, with the exception of Linus and Orlov. Um, oh my God! Yeah, I, there was there was a period of time where I considered turning the game off, and then I was like, no, because I know I'll turn it off, and then things will turn around, and then I'll feel like a jackass for this. And I'm like, 
really, what else do I have to do? But I was getting really tired. So, you know, um, and so I didn't turn it off. I continued to watch and voila, uh, Charlie McAvoy in overtime with 4.3 seconds left on the clock <laughs> from Marshan and Bergeron. And oh my God, that was beautiful. Just beautiful. Yeah, that was pretty. That was really, that was really nice. And um, also it ended up being like his fifth overtime goal, which ties a Bruins record with Bork, which oh. is kind of crazy. Oh, wow. Wow. Wow, who knew? We have so many Bobby Orr uh, um, um, heir appearance on this team right now. It's crazy. You know, because we, we got a, a new defenseman, which we'll talk about a little bit more. Um, although I guess we should just say, like, yes, we got Dimitri Orlov. And yes, he has had five points in the last two games, and he's only played three games with the Bruins. So... Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, I got to say, like, we, we've played against this team an awful lot, and I didn't really know he was this good. Yeah, well, I just knew that he was, like, ugh, just annoying because he's on the caps. That's about all I could say, you know. I mean, speaking of annoying on the caps, we should probably just let the elephant out of the room. I, I address the elephant in the room now, I guess, as well. <sighs> Listeners, I'm sure all of you have been wondering, it's like, oh, how are the Barely On Topic crew going to respond to this? Oh, uh, oh! The fact that we got uh, the sentient boat shoe in the tree. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. We um, we now have Garnet Hathaway on our team, and um, I'm going to tell you honestly, when I heard it, time stopped for me for a while. It took me a good hour or so for me to just wrangle my feelings about that. Not so disappointed about the Orlov thing. Really shocked and surprised that the two of them were um, basically on the market to be traded because we had heard nothing. We knew they had a lot of UFAs, but we hadn't really heard anything about those two guys. And- well, yeah, like I've been quietly side-eyeing the Caps for a while now, but like they were right on the fringe of it. They didn't seem like they were going to tap, but like they were also like in the perfect space to do so. It's like, well, we got all these... It's like we might sneak into the playoffs or we can recoup our assets with a whole pile with with this legion of UFAs. So, yeah, I think the Caps moves have been very interesting this deadline or this approaching deadline. So I don't really know what they're doing, but I was not expecting this, although I will admit like hours earlier, just hours earlier, I had put out, you know, the, the episode. And in last week's episode, Jeff, I said uh, that I kind of agreed with you. You had a thought. And I was like, I was very intrigued by it. And your thought was to go after two different pieces that were not huge pieces, but big enough to shore up right wing and um, uh, defense, right? So like you Mm -hmm. had said something about Luke Shen and uh, uh, Nick Bugstack. Right. And I'm like, those are moves, I think, that are perfectly cromulent. Cromulent. Yes. (laughs) Perfectly cromulent moves. And so I said, so I said to Tim, I'm like, that's what I would do. I said, if you're really 
you're going to make a blockbuster deal, you're going to go get Timo Meyer. But I don't, the Bruins, like they had no way to do that. They, I just don't think they had any way to really do that. Um, not unless they wanted to trade away all of their first round picks until the heat death of the universe. Um, and uh, basically I have to say about this trade deadline, lots of teams are trading pucks, uh, not pucks, uh, trading picks well into this uh, uh, 2020 been a lot uh, of decade. Yeah, there's, there's, there's been a number of picks for 2026, which um, is a bit of a hassle on like cap friendly because they don't even include the 20 team, team's 2026 um, uh, pick structure on their charts. They only do the next three years. Right. Well, it's because it's bonkers. <laughs> well, yeah, that's some nope. that, 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 that's that's the stuff that you see in like trades in like the Q and the OHL and the dub, like trading picture trade trading picks in six years. And also, like, shit tons of them. Right. They're Which, well, like, oh. Yes, Tim? The, I think, I think the GMs saw the news that scientists have found that the sun has a heartbeat, and they're just like, we're going to die soon anyway, because <laughs> now the sun is becoming sentient. And so... <laughs> We are. We might as well trade all the picks and see what happens. Oh my God! Uh, it, it, the sun. Is it going to be that that uh, Transformers and planet eating world from the the Transformers the movies? The one that was played by be. Orson Welles until he couldn't do it anymore, and then it was secretly voiced by Leonard Nimoy, or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I, it's been a long time since I've seen Transformers movies. I, movie. I should see that movie again. I'm talking about the 1986 uh, uh, animated one, not any of the recent Michael Bay explosions fests. Um, quite frankly, what? Oh, well, quite frankly, you know. Sorry, what? The, sorry the baby monitor pinged, and I was uh, passing on that it was a non-crisis. Sorry. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Um, so, um, yeah, so basically, um, yeah, Let, let's get back to the Bruins here. Yes. So how did I feel? I got through it and, I, and now I've accepted that Garnet Hathaway is on the Bruins and that while I'm not super, super happy about it in some ways, I think it's fine. Right. There's a, there's a, there's a quote and, and like don't laugh at me because it's it's from Hot Tub Time Machine that I actually think about quite a bit. It's like you know that friend who's he who who's an asshole. Well, he's our asshole. Yep. Yep. Uh. Yep. Yep. He. Um, were they describing Rod uh, Rob Corddry's character? <laughs> because, of course. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he he may be a sentient boat shoe, but he's our sentient boat shoe. And if anything, and honestly, like, uh, like as soon as it happens, like I hate him, but like this, I, I, the fit had already occurred to me. You know, if if we needed somebody who was going to be a pest, um, to take some away from from Brad, so somebody who can go to the box um, if he needs to, sure. Um, and in terms of the the ornery bottom sixers that moved around at, at increasingly silly prices um i'm pretty happy with the one we ended up with yeah yeah i mean like don't get me wrong like uh, an achari return would have been great but he's oh not really God. that kind of ornery bottom sixer no but he's a fucking wrecking ball yes 
You know, Miley um, Cyrus wrote a song about him. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sing it because I'm then not, of course, the other one being like Tanner Jeno, Jeno, which I'm just like, what the hell is up with that trade? What the <laughs> rig is Tampa doing? Does Chris Paws think he's going to get either promoted or fired? I, I mean, <laughs> that move I, I, is almost as desperate as what Dubas has been doing. <laughs> oh, I mean, Dubas is trading like a, like, like, like Rutherford when Rutherford's feeling frisky, which Rutherford hasn't been doing Rutherford things because he's not GM. But like, you know, when, when Rutherford was with, with, was with the Pens, he did you know, just make trades because he got bored like every other day or so. <laughs> I, I honestly think that Tampa did it just to try to beat the crap out of like physically beat the crap out of Toronto. Not like they may lose the series, but they're going to beat the crap out of you. And I think that's what they were going for. I'm going to. Anyway, I'm, so we I'm, talked I'm, about all this, this pick of cost of picks. We should probably address the, the price on this one. Um, so what was that? Let me bring uh, the, the, uh, the trade here. So I have an accurate. Well, Craig Smith went the other way. So that was good. Yeah, that's uh, the Craig Smith saga has come to an end. Yeah, and um, and uh, Capitals, I think they retained fifty percent, right? Uh, yes, yes, the Caps and, maintained. Oh, sorry, and the Wild came in just to be a, a fun third team, and they retained twenty five percent, which is how are they yes. doing that? But okay, and they got well, like they have a, a ton of cap space this year. They just can't take on commitments because like their cap structure is a nightmare moving forward. Okay. Yeah. I also think there's a limit on how many times you can do that. I think I heard that like you can only like to facilitate a trade oh, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. it's like three times I think you can only do it. Well, because you can only have salary retained on three contracts. That's what it is. Yeah. Right. So and so- also only three teams can hold the value. So for example, if like you can't only launder a player once. Um, because once uh, if you launder him a second time with retention, then the first, then uh, I think the first team that retained gets like wiped off the board, mm, right? And the money goes back on at the end or something like that. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Yeah, and because I, it was allowed. Do you really think we would have seen Patrick Kane only laundered once? <laughs> true, he was only laundered to Arizona. Oh, so Arizona stepped in on that deal. Yeah, I hadn't really quite looked at the details of that. Um, I, I just I think they I think they got twenty five percent of I'm, that. Yeah, you can yeah. launder a bag of uh, syphilitic dicks as much as you want. There's still a bag of syphilitic dicks. I'm just gonna say only so much. Ble- you can use all the bleach you want. Like the syphilis is still in the dick. You're just, exactly. you're just removing it from the surface. Exactly. Um, Anyway, so the total price, Craig Smith is no longer with us as a result. Um, stay gold, you handsome bastard. Stay gold. Yeah. Um, uh, I was so sad because Tula, his uh, mini golden retriever, uh, posted a goodbye post today on, on oh. Instagram, and it was very sad. Okay, one moment. Boomer, okay. you want to get up? Come on. Come on. Boomer. Come on. You got a very narrow window here. Come on. Okay. Oh, there we go. All right. There you go. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. I had to let him up because he was being a pain in the butt. He was like, why can't I be under? Yeah. Oh, you get us. Oh, okay. So 
In addition to sending out Craig Smith, um, this cost Boston their first round pick this year, um, their third round pick next year, and their 2025 second round pick. So Boston has no second round picks until 2026 now. Well, okay. I mean, but like you do what you got to do, right? Like we don't because this year's and next year's 25, 20 uh, second rounders went out in the uh, Lindholm trade, and then of course. Boston also gave up a fifth this year to um, uh, to the Wild. You got David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron to come back for this year, guaranteed. You do what you have to do to win oh, this yeah, nothing, year. Nothing else matters on this. This team especially, you do everything you can to make it win. Yeah. So I, you know, we can sit there and talk about trade picks and, uh, or I mean, uh, uh, draft picks and boy, there have been some real interesting opinions from GMs on that this week. Um, but this, this year, honestly, the goal is to win for these guys. And I just don't care about draft picks, the second round draft picks right now. So yeah. Um, oh yeah, no, no, no. And of course, also ended up with the signing rights to a 26-year-old Russian by the name of Andrei Svetlakov. He is um, just a body because something had to come out of Minnesota for the trade to be legal. It couldn't just be a future considerations. So he's one of those, you know, eternal um, one of those Russian draft um, draft picks that stays on the team's uh, reserve, um, uh, list. reserve list forever. I mean, yeah. there's teams that have like 38-year-old Russians that haven't played in five years still on their reserve list. He, he, he's what you get when you ask for Sveshnikov, and then you get told we have Sveshnikov at home. And then, oh, it's this dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the Wish.com version of Sveshnikov. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want the Sveshnikov? We got a nice Sveshnikov right here. <laughs> oh yeah. He's he's, um, he's the mountain thunder. He's the mountain thunder to a Svetnikov, to, to Sveshnikov's mountain dew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, Dr. Pib. Dr. Pib. <laughs> Mr. Pib. Yeah, Mr. Oh, Pib. Mr. Pib. That's what it is. Yeah. My Mr. Bad. Pib. Yeah. My, and uh, the Walmart one, I think, is Dr. Thunder. Uh, yeah, they, they like their thunder at the Walmart brand there. I, I've got to tell you, I've only ever actually sure. had Mountain Dew once. And that was enough. And I said, no, never again. <laughs> but Dr. Pepper, I actually like, but. I couldn't drink it a lot, um, you know, because it's like, it's okay. And I picked up some Mexican Coca-Cola the other week, right? Oh, so good. I only got two bottles, two like 16 ounce bottles, but it is so good. It reminds me of what Coke used to taste like before they just decided to go with new Coke and then had to go back to the original formula. You know, I, I don't know if they made it with, corn syrup before high fructose corn syrup or whatever it is that they make it with but i swear at some point they made it with cane sugar and it was so good so that's what it tastes like because it's made with cane sugar that's in case you needed to know also uh, mexico's diet coke is superior to america's diet coke 
So that's my um, that's my cola report. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> um, I'm not on any pain meds, by the way. I'm just being weird. Okay, so I like the trade. I like the trade. I think it's a good trade. It basically it hit the marks on what we needed, right? Which wasn't a lot. I was going to say it plugged the closest thing to holes we had. Um, you know, we didn't have to do this. Orloff a luxury. Orloff is, is a luxury more than anything, but I'm happy with it. <laughs> yeah, and what's interesting to me is that Sweeney said that he's interested in opening up the dialogue with the two of them on possible future Bruins um, play uh, contracts, I guess. So, yeah. So, I, I look, I, I felt really happy when I put out last week's episode and then the Bruins did go and trade for a right wing and a, um, and a defensive piece, both of which we all identified as what they needed. I, I myself was afraid when Jake DeBrusque was out because we didn't have a lot of white uh let's say again right wing uh depth there and um while we did trade away Craig Smith that's an addition (laughs) honestly Craig Smith wasn't getting it done even when getting to play with decent players so yeah I don't know what's going on with that oh hi Boomer yeah Boomer is having He's having a trouble, a uh, tough time right now. Do you want to tell us about it? Okay. First of all, he likes to be around mommy all the time. And he did eat. And now he's like, I'm tired and I would like to go to bed. And then, so he's a little confused because he's like, wait a minute, this is not what we usually do. And mommy's I mean, on I can't sleep anywhere. Look at my pets. They're both tired and they're, you know. I know, but Boomer has a very strict routine. And usually after he eats, he has to cuddle up with mummy. So, and then right now mummy's on the bed because she would tuck him in in a little while, which is fine. He's already here, but he's got to have ice cream and, and stuff. So he's being a good boy. Boomer, you're being a very good boy. So he's my good boy. He's protecting me because he does that. Anyway, um yeah so okay so we we kind of rushed into talking about this trail it was uh, this trade it was a really big deal you know but there's one last thing i want to talk about the games from last week or this past week it is perhaps the most important oh wait a minute you know what before i get into that tim would you like to address the main the 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 main issue or the yeah okay the main contingent here the contingency here um we had a tweet go out not us personally but there was a tweet that went out about how uh garnet hathaway was yes scott mclaughlin uh said that garnet hathaway was the first guy from maine to play for the Bruins and this was surprising news to me because 
my favorite player of all time, Eric Weinrich, played half a season for the Bruins. Yes, it was only a half a Hold season. Hold that thought. I'll be back. Okay. Keep, keep talking. Yeah. I'll all come right, back okay. when I come back. He played only a half a season for the Bruins, but he, in fact, did play for the Bruins. And um, the the uh, retraction on it was saying, oh, well, you know, Eric Weinrich didn't, wasn't born in Maine. Uh, he was born in Virginia. But Garnett Hathaway was born in Florida. <gasps> so that's strike one. Strike two is Garnet Hathaway played prep school in Massachusetts. Phillips Andover. And, er- and Eric Weinrich grew up in Maine, went to high school in Maine, and then he went to U- the University of Maine and is a humane black bear great. He is very On Maine. top of he is very Maine. On top of all of that, his family um, put up roots in Maine. As I said on this show, that his mom was my second grade teacher, and she helped fuel my love of sports at a very young age. Um, She was awesome, and his family was awesome. And I just did not appreciate the Eric Weinrich erasure, because he has done a lot to bring... Um, hockey to the forefront in Maine. I don't didn't appreciate it. Nope. Not to mention appreciate it one bit. Right. Not to mention that he he also played a pretty longish career. It wasn't just in Boston, and he got to he 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 managed to get your information on your favorite penguin to your favorite penguin. He did, and um. His, I remember for Christmas, um, in when I was in second grade, Christmas that year, um, he's my mom asked our teacher if Eric would sign, um, like a hat for me, and I got a black. He was playing for the Blackhawks at the time, and I had a got so I got the Blackhawks hat signed from Eric Weinrich, and I got a uh, Blackhawks jersey that year as well. Um, because wow. he was playing for them, and that was just the coolest thing that he um, that he was willing to like sign something. I, you know, I was just a kid and stuff like that. And his mom didn't have to go to him and do that. Like she didn't have like she could have been like, yeah, I really don't want to set that uh, precedent of having students ask, and that would have been totally okay and justified. <laughs> but she didn't do that. And I appreciated it more than either of them will ever probably know. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that a lot of athletes may they might not want to be role models, but they do understand how important they are to kids. You know, especially. Oh, yes, go ahead. I agree. No, I I think they I think that they do. And um, Eric even. So I went to a school and it was a, um, a private Catholic school off K through eighth grade. And in the summer, the last week of the school year, we, 
so we had to wear uniforms. And so the last like week of the school year, basically, we didn't have to wear our uniforms. It was like the last week before summer. And like basically the last day of um, school, like it wasn't really school. We had like a giant, like basically school wide, like carnival type thing where there was just games. Um, you had lunch outside. You were just, you were basically playing the entire day. And it was fun. It was something cool for the kids to kind of unwind before summer started and stuff like that. Um, and one of the years, Eric ended up um, coming to it and doing like a, a little like one-on-one street hockey um, like uh, area for uh, the kids to come for the kids that were going to school there. So that was a lot of fun too. Like, so he, he, he even came back and kind of, even though he didn't actually go there, his mom was the teacher and he, um, yeah, he kind of wanted to do something and he did. Well, that's very nice of him. And that was good that, you know, he's a good mama's boy. So he is. And apparently now he's working for the devils in player development, which is awesome. In player development. Yeah, that's one of the things that was funny is that uh, I saw a tweet. I have no idea who put out this tweet, but it was a video of Garnet Hathaway when he played with the Flames fighting Adam McQuaid, who was still with the Bruins. <laughs> and it was like, hey, he's... Uh, <laughs> Here he is having a fight with one of his bosses. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's right. <laughs> it really, it still, it, it, I think I might have said this last week or the week before. It still tickles me that uh, Brad Marchand refers to uh, Chris Kelly as boss. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It's like it wasn't that long ago that you guys were still playing with uh, alongside each other, not with each other. That sounds weird. Uh, playing alongside each other. So, um, but now Chris Kelly is coaching. So, and he's down. What's really interesting this year is that he's down on the bench like all the time, whereas like um, uh, Cassidy would have him up for part of the game up on the ninth floor watching. So now he gets to be down there all the time. So it's fun to have a Chris Kelly sighting. Um, so I want to talk about the goalie goal, but I, I don't want to talk about it yet because just in case Jeff comes back, he might have thoughts on it, you know? I'm pretty sure he sure. probably saw that game. But that was, man, that was one of the most exciting things I've seen in a very long time. And I was at the game that Jeremy uh, Swayman almost scored a goalie goal. He tried. Okay. Can we just talk about the most exciting moment of the Bruins week? Goalie you know goal. Goalie goal. Goalie goal. Only the 13th in league history. The first ever by a Bruins goalie. In, oh. regula- in, in regular season play, I guess apparently Tiny Thompson scored one, scored one in, in an exhibition game or something. But... Well, it doesn't count. Because this one did. Holy and it was an absolute flying saucer. It went 20 feet above the air at the, the height of its arc. Unbelievable. Uh, Andrew Raycroft broke it down last night, and he basically said, you know, 
um, because goalies play uh, the puck from the heel to the toe of the blade. He was able to just get some real good lift on that, like a little bit of momentum and lift. So that was beautiful. And, you know, I got to say, I know not everybody watched the all-star festivities, but I did because I wanted to see Linus do stuff. If you saw him doing the, the um, challenge he had to do, he was so close to nailing a goalie goal in that um, with, with the activity he had to do. He, he was doing so well. He had a lot, very good aim, just not a lot of uh, accuracy or precision. So anyway, I got confused, whatever. So for him to get that goalie goal, it was one, it was beautiful because it really sealed the game. Two, wow, we have really ruined the Canucks. Like, we just continue to come in and just ruin them. And it was just the most gorgeous thing I think I've ever seen. And then the celebration, the goalie hug celebration after was fantastic. They had a real treat out there in Vancouver. You know? Oh my God. It was so great. It was the lead. Uh, well, was it the lead story in the uh, in Steve Dangle's uh, hat picks? Or no, it was probably Connor McDavid because 50 goals and all that shit. But man, goalie goal. Oh, you love to see it. 